from grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeedy. All right, before we go uh, too deep here, I should probably do the whole ad thing. Uh, so first, the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of the homepage and join today. I also want to give a shout-out to our patron, specifically Black Belt patron Andy Thompson. If you'd like to be as awesome as Andy, head over to patreon.com slash blindingstudios and become a patron today. And uh, if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, head over to blindingstudios.com, click on the Amazon link above our homepage. Uh, your Amazon shopping as normal, and then we get a bit of a kickback from Amazon really helps us out. All right, Brian. Yeah, My friend, my colleague. What have you been up to beer-related? Well, uh, did we talk about the sour milkshake IPA thing? We did, and then something about you canning it, and then something about how you were going to bring beer down, and then I knew in my heart that that was never going to happen. Deep inside so. your heart, you know that I'm not going to bring beer. Uh, <laughs> no, the, the, we made 15 barrels of it, and then um, the distributor bought it all, so we didn't have any. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, all, literally all of it. They bought all of it. The, they bought the whole batch. Holy shit. Yeah, indeed. That's what I thought. <laughs> so, uh, so like, there's, like, you're not even serving any in the tap room, then? We put two kegs in the tap room, and if they're still on, then they're still on. But the next batch, we threw a new batch down pretty much immediately right away like a week after we brewed the first one maybe so i think probably this week sometime it'll see the light of day again <clears throat> oh do you not have access to this is this not shared no i'm, I'm, I'm definitely have some tr- having some trouble getting into the show notes it made me like re-log in so yeah okay hang on i don't edit. know what's going on apparently my oh god hey there it is there it is yep and boy, this is a beefy topic we have today. But in any case, yeah, I've just basically been doing um, uh, uh, tastings. I was uh, up in Duluth on Friday, um, and yeah, all we the way up north. Yeah, the Twin Ports. There, we didn't uh, hit a deer or anything this time. Well, that's. Wait, did you guys hit a deer last time? Um, I think two two times ago. Oh, jeez. We hit a deer, and then oh. shortly after that, I was with you, and we hit a fucking raccoon. Well, yeah, yeah, so <laughs> you're the reason I hit the raccoon, you jackass. Well, things happen in threes. Like, <laughs> it's the, third, the, uh, the third one hasn't happened yet, so whatever. Oh, there's a third one? There's got to be. Um, will you just reach over and flip the switch on the... Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I forgot. It's So it's uh, snowing already here in... Yeah. Uh, Sunny Wisconsin. It snowed on Friday, Friday and, Saturday. and Saturday. Nothing accumulative yet, but we have snow. Oh, that snow won't accumulate for another month. Uh, another week. Another, uh, another week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you remember back in yeah, the early nineties when Ine- we- <laughs> inevitably when it snows, yeah, like what you were just doing there. Inevitably, when it, every time it snows in October, people bring up the the big snowstorm from nineteen ninety one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was ten years old. I was two. We went, we went uh, trick-or-treating nonetheless. Um, I believe I was a cowboy, and my best friend Bob Shockley, who was in our one D&D group, Tall Bob, I believe he was a ninja. 
Uh, so. Yep, snowstorm trick or treating uh, is the best. Yep. Uh, did a, did a blizzard. It was a few years after that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was like four or five, and I remember it vividly because um, my mom decided. Screw it, we're going trick-or-treating because there's nobody else out there. And we were, like... And you're going to get all the candy. Yeah, like, they were just dumping, like, stuff into a garbage bag for us. <laughs> well, it was the biggest candy haul we ever had. Nice. And, like, I was cold and crying, and my brother was crying, and... <laughs> Your mom like, was just no! carrying, uh, carrying us to the doors, like, setting us down and be like, You're going to get the candy! <laughs> That's a quality parenting there. Yep. That's the mother, mother of the year. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I've been up doing beer tastings. Um, this funny, I, I got the kind of the ghetto liquor store and Justin got kind of the, um, boutique bottle shop. Oh, so they, they put you guys in the right where you belonged. <laughs> God damn it. Somebody else said that. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I think Ethan's Ethan said that our, our assistant brewer and he's like, oh, so you were at the right liquor store. Then I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks, thanks, asshole. Yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> There's only two meth heads. It's, oh, uh, only two. Only two in Duluth. That I mean, that's not a very popular store then. Yeah, that's you're, you're not wrong. So <laughs> it was. I won't. I shouldn't say where what it which no, place no. it was, but yeah, it was. It, I mean, we did make a good dent and sell a lot of beer. It's pretty easy when you're doing a tasting to, just to get people to people buy to some beer, buy some stuff. Um, I don't know if I've ever had a liquor store tasting and then immediately bought their beer. I. Don't think I have either because I think every time I'm like I've had this or yeah, you know I know or, I, I know I don't want it or like I I know I I've already I'm going in with something that I already want, want in mind it, right yeah I'm usually I'm usually you know ready to I know what I want usually so yeah. but yeah there are a lot of people that you know you just it's pretty easy to just you see them staring at the shelf and be like oh like what are you looking for and they're like an IPA and it's like well do you try, try this one. So yeah, we sampled out Crooked Grin, our West Coast IPA, um, and uh, Space Force, our double IPA, the Sour Milkshake IPA, which we did, um, you know, a kettle sour with uh, vanilla bean and uh, lactose. And then, um, oh, what was the fourth beer? The fourth beer was... Some other beer was it? Minnesota? Oh yeah, it was Minnesota. Yeah, that's smart. Good call. Anywho, yeah, I know, I know a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, those are. We only sell like the four or five main beers up up in uh, the Twin Ports. So yeah. Duluth Superior. I did learn that you don't you don't say North Shore like people from the cities, the Twin Cities say North Shore. You, you say, don't say North Shore. You say there. you say Twin Ports if you if you're savvy. So. Anywho, what about you, man? What have you been up to? Um, let's see, I went to Blackstack for the first time, Blackstack Brewing. Oh. Uh, I don't think I talked about that last time. No, we think we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, we talked but. about it afterwards, but mm-hmm. yeah, we only recorded the one. Uh, yeah, I went and played uh, some putt-putt at Can-Can Wonderland. Oh, Can-Can Wonderland is cool. Uh, it was a blast, yeah. and yeah. Uh, then I actually went uh, back last night. Uh, I went to Can-Can again to mm. play some, and I got like three holes in one. It was, I was Holy feeling shit. great. Like just like, but did you get a hole in one on the not on the no? You, there's this hole where you there's a batting tee and a a big red. Oh, so the bat was broken. Bat. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. People go kind of go nuts. Yeah, yeah. No, and then like there's there's the long the second or the formerly 
the hole formerly known as the longest hole. Um, it's like, I don't know, like 250 feet long or something like that. That's a fun hole. It is. Uh, I gave, I gave it a good whack and went about 50 feet. And then, um, there was like, uh, like the net was like kind of over and it got caught in the net and just stopped. I was like, Oh crap. (laughs) They put a net. Well, there's, like, there's a net on the they side. Put a net. They didn't. There didn't used to be a net. <laughs> there's a net now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there didn't used to be a net, and it would it would uh, almost uh, automatically like if you hit it like a psycho, it would go flying into that trough and go like right out and yep. into the where the um, uh, pinball games are. Yeah, there's a net now. <laughs> That's funny. Of course. Uh, yeah. So did that. Uh, but Blackstack uh, beer was good. I mean, it was. There wasn't anything wrong with it, uh, except I didn't like their pilsner. It seemed under attenuated, but oh, okay. that's that. Like everything else was good. A little too sweet. Yep. Yeah, should uh, I would assume for that style, you'd probably want to go like nice, dry, crisp, a little bit yep. of hop bite. Ooh, I ran into a place that had Pivo pills on tap. What? Where? Yeah, old Chicago in Duluth. Holy shit. Yeah, you never see that. That I had, is a I good had beer. Two twenty two ounce beer. Pivo <laughs> pills like fuck And you're like, yeah, can like, you put it in a thing to go? Yeah, right. <laughs> ah, Pivo pills, man. It's, it's a really good beer. Yeah. Uh other than that, not much beer related uh this this past week. So should we dive right into our discussion? I think we got yeah, we got is, some we got some meat to dig into here. This is gonna be a beast. Uh yeah, so today we're gonna be talking about wart composition and yeast nutrition. Because oh hey, look, I found a little thing in my thing. Oh. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, a lot of this information, again, is coming from the uh, yeast book, The Practical Guide to Beer Fermentation, uh, by Chris White and uh, with Jamil Janusup. And it's fantastic. Really yes. I like this book. It is. Mine is well-thumbed, and I it's you can kind of tell, <clears throat> you know, what... What, what you knew or didn't know because of the stuff that's underlined in pencil. <laughs> so... All right. So yeah. So basically, uh, wort composition. We're gonna we're gonna start here, and we're gonna start ta- by talking about the sugars in the wort because uh, wort composition is really there. There's like four four main things I would think that we're we're looking at. Mm-hmm. We're looking at the sugars. We're looking at the enzymes. Uh, we're looking at the um uh, like the vitamins and the minerals in, in like just in the wort. Yep. Um, that the yeast is going to use. Yep, and again, to repeat from a past show, uh, yeast need all their essential vitamins and minerals. They need their Flintstones. Yes, they do. Um, but, jeez, uh, <coughs> I'm sorry, I'm not sick. <laughs> I'm not sick. Remember when I was, well, but remember when I was sick for like an entire year? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, work composition sugar wise, um, if you didn't know it already, but, uh, there's a, a correlation between mash temp and the types of sugars that are created. Um, so the, the higher temp favors enzymes that create more complex or less, uh, readily, readily fermentable sugars. And this is not like the, was John, John Palmer, you know, he does that lawnmower weed whacker, Yep. Type thing where like these enzymes are cutting the are basically cutting sugar chains and they're cutting longer ones or shorter ones depending on the mash temp. So we'll get down to it with the what the temp does, but mash thickness plays a small role and that can be uh, overcome with temperature adjustments. Um, you do that's why you do stir and agitate during uh, mashing so you get full coverage. 
Uh, and then your your grain crush as well uh, makes a difference. Um, uh, you know, you're gonna if you pulverize your grain husks too much, you're gonna have a stickier mash, um, and you need that those husks. That's why basically milling should really just be called cracking in a sense, because uh, you're just kind of smashing this kernel quick, and then you want the husk for uh, filter filtration filter bed. Uh, so you can get all the the good sugar chains that you want mm-hmm. out of the mash. So time and temperature are the main parameters that you should use to adjust the wort ferment fermentability. Um, conversion occurs more quick; it, it occurs quickly, but further enzyme activity can can affect the fermentability. Uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about this in the uh, in the mash or when we were talking about malt, mm-hmm. um, where most of your conversion. Uh, happens it was like the first like 15, 15 or to 20. 20 minutes right mm-hmm. and the rest of that time you're just like letting it, enzyme. isn't there some study that you know it's like oh you don't need to mash for more than 40 minutes yeah um i think i think we talked about that too like people trying to shave time off like doing you know your conversion tests and stuff but your conversion can be done but that those enzymes are still breaking down those long chain sugars yeah. is kind of what so like i would uh, i believe in that in that discussion, we we did say like, oh yeah, you know, you can shorten your mash as long as your conversion's done. Right. And I think this is kind of pulling back on that, saying, well, you can, but your wort might not be as fermentable. Right. So maybe like, yeah. So I'd like to alter what we kind of said there mm-hmm. and like let your mash play out. Yeah, and you know, you'll you'll get the feel for it as you do it more and more times. Um, but this. Uh, this conversion and the enzyme activity and, and that that's chopping up sugars. Uh, when we talk about a beer having like full body or a lot of body, that means there's a lot of long chain sugars that didn't get snipped to a small enough state to do, uh, to get fermented. Now, another, you know, way to fluff your body up is, you know, your carafoam, carafoam and carapils are two different things. So do the research on that. I'm, know if we've done an episode on that i don't think we have uh in any case carafoam um oats wheat um lactose we'll talk about quick is unfermentable milk sugar uh super long sugar chain can't be fermented uh the fourth thing here as far as sugars go is higher temp equals a maltier beer you can mash up to 160 well does does not equal (laughs) Higher temp does not. not okay, equal. you're gonna argue me on argue with me on that. Uh, yeah. So awesome. Do it. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, like higher temp does not immediately mean maltier. Okay. It means it, it means more body. More body. There yeah. you go. Okay. That is yeah, that yeah, is yeah. a complete like. So if you're looking for a malty beer, like you need to build your recipe for a malty beer. You right. can't just uh, take it and like push up the thing because you can have high body beers that aren't necessarily malty like. Uh, the best example are Belgian beers. Right. A lot of Belgian beers have fantastic body, but I wouldn't call them malty. Right, right, right. There you go. That makes They're sense. Very, yeah. I'm sorry. That shouldn't have just been reading. This. <laughs> I, should, I should think before I <sighs> read I'm off. I'm just going to mic drop on the brewer. And- <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so higher temp does not equal maltier beer. Higher temp means more body. So what we will do one acronym uh, that I can think of is M-A-L-T, malt. Uh, more alcohol, less temp. So less temp is going to get you um, shorter sugar chains. Uh, higher temp is going to give you more 
like lo- like longer sugar chains, so yep. not multi. More of those, yeah. yeah. If you want multi, yeah, build it and build it in your mash. Um, you know, layer layer some other different types of malts. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. If you want multi, like build that in your grist. Don't don't try to like. Don't think your temperature is going to change how malty or unmalty mm-hmm. it is because the those are different flavor compounds. It does help to yes. uh, well, have, uh, have a higher temp on that. Well, yeah, because like <laughs> the, 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 the more body you have, like you're, you will perceive some more maltiness, I think. Right. Um, yeah, because, I mean, you don't want like a thin stout. That sounds sad. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I such a misfit? <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway, what about enzymes? Enzymes. You want to talk about some enzymes, man? I'll talk to you about some enzymes. Yeah. All right. So um, enzymes, like, in in your wart, like, they've already kind of, they've they've done some stuff, but... Uh, like so, they're they're the ones that are breaking apart the sugar chains for the most part. In when we're, we're looking at the warts or the wart side, but they're also in there to help um, the yeast do some stuff. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. But I want what I kind of want to focus on here is adding more enzymes to your wart. Mm-hmm. So, um, <coughs> like the fundamental <coughs> issue with adding enzymes to uh, to fermentation is that without the boil, the enzymes retain their full activity. So they're just going to continue to break down the starches and dextrins um, and completely dry out the beer and degrade uh, the f- quality of the flavor. Right. So they're just going to keep, like, chugging away. Like, it's like going back to the lawnmower thing. It's just like burning the lawn down. Like, right. you just you just keep going and going and going. Um, the, and the only way to stop them is to pasteurize. Mm-hmm. Like, kill them with heat. Um, so high-gravity beers will usually start with a high percentage of these non-fermentable sugars. And then you can run into issues where your fermentation stalls before you hit your target gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that we've talked about to try to counteract that is if you think it's a yeast issue, like pitch a fresh pitch um, to like get that fermentation going again. If that doesn't work, you might need to add some sort of um, enzyme right, to start breaking up some of those longer right. chains. Um, and the big one is beta or uh, alpha amylase. Yeah. Right? Alpha yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, so if you add alpha amylase to break, uh, it'll start breaking down those sugars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like when adding that, this this is kind of what this I found this really interesting. And this is something you probably already knew, but like a little bit goes a long way. Yeah. Like one of the examples they gave was like a gram per barrel. That's the tiny, tiny amount. It's yeah. so small, but apparently, like. Um, catalyzing a reaction doesn't consume the enzyme, so it's able to just continue reacting, mm-hmm. reacting until the cofactor materials um, are completely used up. And so, cofactor materials are uh, usually some sort of like metal ion, like or so like uh, some sort of mineral that they're using to catalyze uh, this thing to break up the sugars and create some booze. <laughs> All right, so should we start talking about some yeast nutrition, and then we're going to get into some more enzymes there, too, because it just makes more sense in there. Sorry. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, so yeast needs stuff to live. Like, that's, like, I mean, that's, that's kind of what, like, kind of what we're breaking this down. So, like, yeast needs sugar, nitrogen, vitamins, phosphorus, and trace minerals. Mm-hmm. Zinc, baby. Oh, so much zinc. <laughs> And there ain't no, there's not much zinc in your in your wart. I get cranky when I don't have all the zinc that I need. <laughs> uh, phosphorus, 
Oh, sorry. Hey, you're coughing now. You no, I, I thought I had to sneeze oh, and like, and it wouldn't come, and it was a whole thing. All right. Today, like, so know. all malt wort should contain everything that you need except op- uh, oxygen and zinc. Like, so if if you just do a straight all malt uh, mash, like no adjuncts, you should have everything you need for a he- a healthy fermentation. Besides oxygen and zinc. Um, and when you start adding things like flake corn and oats and like just stuff that isn't malt, um, adjunct, yeah, adjuncts, you're, you're pulling, you're pulling away from that, um, that mineral pool that you need. Mm -hmm. So you need to add back in Mm -hmm. with yeast nutrients, nutrient. Yeah. And I would, you know, I would go sparingly on it. I wouldn't. Uh, if you're doing a double a double batch of of beer, for example, if you're doing two five gallons to mix into a ten, I would add yeast nutrient to one of them, but skip the second one. Um, you know, the fan or free, free amino nitrate is you can you can overdo it. You can overdo it with yeast nutrient. Okay. So. Um, um, yeah. So nutritional deficiencies can cause cause fermentation to slow way down or stop completely or stop completely. Yeah. Um, and then one. Yeah. So yeah. You know, uh, when a wort contains large percentage of non malt sugars or under modified malts, you need to ensure that there's adequate nitrogen because that's usually the first one that you're going to see drop out. Right. Um, and yeah. Uh, so do you add zinc in or do you just well, add? Part of the part of the yeast nutrient. Yeast nutrient. Okay, yeah. so you don't have to worry specifically about zinc. No. All right. There and there's all kinds of yeast nutrients out there. Um, they all, they all pretty much do the same thing. Yeah. You know, I I usually just buy the one that comes in a little bottle says yeast nutrient on it. Like, I think I think that's. They used to sell a yeast nutrient, and when you were out of the yeast nutrient, it was like a little graduate or like a little not a graduated cylinder. Right, the, the tube one is not like a little test tube. Yeah, it was like a little test tube with a cover, and it had measurement marks on it and everything. Oh, cool! Yeah, it was really neat. So, your nice little free little piece of brewing equipment. <laughs> nice. I think that was why yeasts. If I uh, remember correctly, I don't know if they do that anymore, but I don't think so. Mm. Everybody's gotten away from like the cool packaging, yeah. and they're in this like. Well, yeah, what uh, White Labs? White Labs got rid of the vials. Used to be like those cool vials. Yep. Never knew what to do with the vials, but then learned that if you saved them up and sent them back, you could get stuff. Oh, what? Really? Uh, yeah, I don't know if they were reusing them or recycling them or what they were doing, but, um, yeah, anyway. All right. Where are we? Um, we're on nitrogen. Uh, you, yes. you want to talk about some nitrogen, man? Sure. Uh, so nitrogen makes up uh, plus, plus or minus 10% uh, of the dry weight of yeast cells. So it's kind of important. Quite important, yeah. Uh, so most nitrogen comes from amino acids in the wort. Uh, wort amino acids and inorganic nitrogen supplements will affla- affect your flavor. Um, let's see, what is this group A thing here? Yeah, so I couldn't figure out like the exact amino acids that they're talking about with group A, B, C, um, D. They they uh, they specify <coughs> proline, um, but so basically, like yeast, they approach the amino acids that they're gonna. Um, take up uh, very similarly to sugars. Like they'll do group A within the first day. B is taken up throughout through fermentation. C aren't used until after a substantial leg. And then D isn't used at all. So there's just a group of amino acids uh, that they don't use. Got it. Yep. And the big one there is uh, proline, which is also the most abundant amino acid mm-hmm. uh, in wort. Got it. 
All right. Uh, so the fastest way for yeast to utilize nitrogen is through uh, trans transamination. Uh, so basically, a donor amino acid gives up its alpha amino nitrogen to, to the keto acid to form the desired amino acid. Keto. So, yeah. So basically, um, yeast is using. Uh, using this to create the amino acids that it actually needs from the available amino acids, which is kind of cool. Like, you're just like, they're just like, okay, well, I need this one, but I don't have any of that right now, so let's just turn this one into that. Um, so most wort amino acids are converted to alpha-keto acids using uh, uh, transamination. Um, and and proline can't be transamated, Um I, I looked a little bit into this, and then I realized that I wasn't a biologist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this gets pretty heavy. Uh, so basically, proline um, has its, uh, what is it? It's alpha amino locked by two carbon, or beta amino locked by two carbon atoms. And so you can't take it, I guess, is a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. Um, so yeah, uh, so this process is a very profound, has profound implications, uh, of, for flavor. So alpha keto acids are de- decarboxylated to form aldehyde, uh, which is then reduced to alcohol and is a source of fusel alcohols. We dove deep or kind of deeper into this process, uh, a few months ago, um, in one of our early, uh, yeast talks. Right. Um, we were talking about where fusel al- al- alcohols come from and what they're u- or where those flavor compounds are. And so fusel alcohols will affect the esters. Um, so amino acid supplements can affect the quality and type of pheno- uh, fusel alcohols formed. So you need to be careful. Well, it's, it affects the quantity. There's a bunch of different types of fusels. Yes. Um, the quantity and, and type. Yes. Yeah, so right. Not quality. <clears throat> they... <clears throat> The, the changes in the fusels uh, in, in that fusel alcohol profile will mess with esters, uh, like the, you know, your flavor and scent compounds, uh, uh, which is, you know, like ester, like banana, for example, yep. is one ester that's common to beer. Um, so this is one of the reasons why amino acid supplements aren't necessarily uh, superior to inorganic nitrogen. If that makes any sense. <laughs> well, it, it might. So, uh, DAP, DAP, yeah. ammonium sulfate, and oh, wait, hang on, I can do this. Uh, diaminophosphate. Nice. Hey, wow. science, I bitch. You were going to have me. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready. I read ahead and I was like ready to bust that one out. There you go. Diaminophosphate, uh, DAP, right. DAP uh, uh, is like one of the most common. Inorganic uh, nitrogen sources, especially in the wine industry. Yep, because it adds phosphate, mm-hmm. which is important too. Indeed, indeed, indeed. You want to talk about vitamins? Yes. Uh, essential. So vitamins are essential for many uh, enzymatic reasons. Uh, the yeast can't synthesize these um, the vitamins. Uh, vitamins uh, and typically required. We're talking about biotin. Uh, <laughs> nicotinic acid. <laughs> they be smoking Marlboros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're uh, if you, if you run into like a slowed fermentation, just give your beer a cigarette. <laughs> <sighs> unfiltered, yeah, unfiltered. Yeah, <laughs> lucky strike. So, so typically required uh, vitamins here uh, are biotin, nicotinic acid, and uh, pantothenic acid. Um, so biotin 
out of these is the most important. Uh, it's used in almost all enzyme reactions that create critical yeast compounds, uh, proteins, DNA, carbohydrates, and fatty acids. Hey, who you calling fatty acid? You should um, get me <laughs> get me some n- nicotine and nicotine. <laughs> That's ridiculous, man. Jones and nicotinic. Jones and for that nicotinic. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to add to vitamins? Um, no, because I think we went over what necessary minerals are: calcium, potassium, magnesium, zinc, and other trace metal ions. Yes. So uh, minerals are used as like the cofactors mm-hmm. in the fir- or in the in the enzymatic reaction. So that um, the fac- minerals are the ones that are like used up. Yeah, and they facilitate. Um, the cell uptake of materials and uh, yeast use minerals in cell structural material as well. Calcium is important for the flocculation. And remember, we don't really know why they flocculate. They just do. uh, Because they're lonely. Yeah. Calcium is also important for um, the metabolism of how the yeast work. Um, But yeah, you need to be kind of be careful about how much calcium salts that you add to the fermentation to adjust the pH. Um, and I mean, that, that will help improve flocculation. Um, but ma- manganese, uh, can cause growth stimulation. Um, potassium has a lot of different functions and that actually potassium makes up another 2% of the dry weight in the yeast cell. That's a lot. Um, yeah, that is quite a lot. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot. Um, yeah, magnesium lot also, uh, helps improve the cell's ability to withstand stress mm-hmm. um, and plays a role in preventing cell death from alcohol buildup. Yep, zinc. Zinc is important to the cell cycle, so the reproduction. Um, yeah. yeah, no zinc, no babies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else we want to add here. I think next time we're going to be talking about the uh, oxygenation. So. Yeah, a, uh, very the only time, the only point in brewing where oxygen is. Yeah, and that I think that's going to be acceptable. an episode. Like I thought about throwing it in this one, but then I think we would just get very long because I think we can do an entire episode on oxygen. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Thank. We'll see. Yeah. yeah well, uh, we'll just jam some listener mail in there. Right. You know, whatever. Yeah. You guys need to send us some mail. <laughs> Don't we have like a Bjorn Bjornsson one? Yeah, I got, I got, I got to break that down yet. Yeah, we got to. Yeah, it's... I need, a, I need a cocktail in about six hours. <laughs> <laughs> so you need that's your enzymes. Then. Yeah, I, I need my enzymes. <laughs> figure this shit out. Um, so yeast nutrient, like adding, adding yeast nutrient in. Um, just to kind of reiterate, you said add very little. Like, be careful. Don't overdo it. Don't you overdo it. Do it. Use what they recommend, but you know you don't really need to double it up. I don't. Okay. Think. Never, never double it up. No. Just, just use what they recommend, regardless of batch batch size. So, like, use your five gallon batch, or like the five gallon recommendation for like a ten gallon batch would be fine. I would. Yeah. Okay. That's just one person's opinion, though. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you ask a bunch of people, and but that they <clears throat> they want our opinions. Yeah. I guess. Oh. I hope. One of the brewers I learned under that was one of his his. Um, you know, big things. And if you do overdo it, um, are you just looking at uh, some of the like the the fusel alcohol issues that we were looking at? Yeah, it'll screw with the flavor. Okay, for sure. We'll get flavor mm-hmm. issues. Okay, yeah, because things will get out of whack. Yes. All right. Well, should we get out of here? Y'all. Yes. Alrighty. Well, there's my outro.
right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnerdstudios.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnerdstudios. Uh, or you can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.